Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio Network on Monday night, October 23rd, 2017. We are live, all three of us together, on Over the Top Sports Radio, on Block Talk Radio, on Facebook Live. And if you've missed any of our episodes or you need to catch up, find us on iTunes. We are there as well. It is me, Robbie D., with Big Mike, Vinny the Shark. We have our producer here in the house, Goon. Plenty to talk about with you guys, so send us a call at 631. I'm sorry, that's my phone number. Six four six seven one six fifty four zero three. I almost did my own phone number. And that's fine. I still would have put you through six four six seven one six fifty four zero three. Uh, give us a tweet at over the top sport no s on Twitter. Uh, Two way sports talk with you, whether it be on the phone, also on Facebook Live. Any questions, comments, anything that you have to say, we will respond to you through the show and on Facebook Live. And we are here just less than forty eight hours after Game Seven. Uh, we talked to you guys about it on Saturday morning, the Yankees and the Astros in Houston. Uh, it was a series where all the home teams prevailed. And, uh, Vinny, I know you were feeling confident. I was feeling confident that the Yankees would win. I thought they would hit Charlie Morton. He did an awesome job. Yankees bat silenced on the road. Uh, Mike got it right. Mike with the prediction that the Houston Astros would win. Not so sure that was more of his head than his heart. But, nevertheless, he still got it right. Vinny, uh, Yankees season, a uh, successful one. But uh, when you're up three games to two, you've got to be disappointed when you don't make it to the fall classic. Well, they could have went on the road. That was the bottom line. And three hits is not going to cut it. You can't win a playoff game off just three hits unless you're pitching invincible. CC wasn't good. Like he, he's been all postseason, all regular season long. Um, it's the first time he's lost after coming off a loss. He was 10 and 0 this season at following a loss, which was remarkable. He's been insane. You just got to, I'm very proud of this team. They got a lot farther than I did. They exceeded my expectations when they beat Cleveland. That was Big time. There's a lot of people who didn't even have the Yankees going in the playoffs. So I exceeded expectations. This is a team that's going to be a force to reckon with in the past, uh, in the future, I'm sorry. And it, they're such a young team. They're going to be back. And this is a team you just don't want to run into. And I tip my cap to the New York Yankees. Hell of a season. I'm really proud of those guys. And good luck to Houston and L.A. in the World Series. Yeah, if you're a Yankee fan, you have a ton to be excited about. I mean, you weren't supposed to make the playoffs, like Vinny said. You were there. Um, a lot to look forward to. I mean, Torres is a top, a top prospect in baseball, and, you know, he'll be up at some point next season. Just a ton to look forward to, and I'm sure they're going to make some, uh, you know, smart move. Cashman always does in the offseason. Uh, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, you have a lot to look forward to. As far as the Astros go, you know, good for them, uh, good for their fans, what they've been through with the hurricane, uh, you know, definitely uplifting there. And uh, the World Series should be pretty good. I don't think it will be as good ratings-wise if it, if it was Yankees and, uh, and the Dodgers, but uh, it should still be pretty good. And the story was Justin Verlander, the MVP, well-deserved. Uh, guys, we talked about him. We started our show in the middle of baseball season, and when we talked about the trading deadline, we talked about trades. We didn't know what they should do with Verlander. Got up to a bad start in the first half, said that he was a guy, a team like the Yankees or the Astros. Any contending team should be, get even Los Angeles before they went out and got you, Darvish. Um, no matter what he does from here on out, and he's got two years left on his contract at over $20 million a year with Houston. He has earned every single penny that they will pay him between now and the end of that contract in Houston. What a job he did. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's no reason to think that uh, he can't be this good next season. I think he's rejuvenated. They made some uh, changes to his mechanics. And, uh, you know, as far as next season goes, you know, for an older guy with a lot of innings and mileage on his arm, I, I think he'll be fine. I think it'll be real worth it for that team next year. And if only Gary Sanchez could learn how to field a ball and catch it, that could have changed the difference in the series, honestly. Well, there's a lot, game two because of that. And there's a lot of good defense in the series. Uh, Aaron Judge robbing not one but two home runs. That catching game seven is going to be up there with Andy Chavez. Um, same thing, too, is Chavez because they lost the game. If you remember, the Mets uh, lost that game, too, at Shea Stadium against the Cardinals. In yada, game seven. yada, yada. Uh, but, now, you know, then he makes that big catch. Um, Sanchez could make the play, but even the play at home plate where Greg Bird got thrown out, I mean, that's a perfect play. 
um, at third base, perfect throw. And Brian McCann to hold on to that ball, that's the difference between a veteran catcher that's been an all-star and a rookie catcher that maybe isn't very good defensively. Uh, he gets Greg Bird. That kills all the Yankees' momentum. The inning would have continued with two men on base, and they're on the board, and now they're hitting Morton a little bit. That was a perfect throw. Yeah, it was perfect. But you know what? So was the one that Sanchez dropped in game two. Uh, that's the difference oh, yeah. in the series. That's For how sure. good of a series it was. For sure, for sure. You're talking about inches, literally. Well, not without the Altuve one with Sanchez. You're talking about a yard. <laughs> well, more than a yard. I'm talking about like 10 yards, literally. He, he wasn't even in sight of the camera. It was a first down. Yeah, yeah. legit. Um, it, was, uh, it was a tough series, and Brian McCann also came up huge with a couple big hits in game six and seven, which hurts me because he was no good with the Yanks. And it was great for me because, listen, Morton, McCann, Gaddis, all huge in Game 7, all former Braves. So seeing some of my old guys come through, um, as not, far as Judge not that I was rooting though, against the, the Yankees, but it was fun to watch for me. He's a superstar. I mean, he, Judge? You know, yeah, they found the face of New York again. You know, that Jeter's gone. He's going to be a superstar for years to come in the field with the bat. He is the real deal. So you got Judge doing this over and over again. You're not worried about that second-half slump? He's going to hit 45 home runs, I mean, for the next – as long as he's healthy for the next seven years, no issue. And I couldn't see his average going below 250 in any of those years. And that's at the absolute lowest. I, I agree with that. And I just want him out of the two-hole. You're supposed to put your best contact hitter here. The guy struck out over 200 times. Get him out of the two-hole. There's a big I, debate about that today. I heard on the radio, too, on local sports radio in New York, uh, about whether Judge should be in the two-hole or not. Uh, the host, I think we all know who Mike Francesa is, was defending the decision, saying it's a new thing in the major leagues now. Look at how many teams use a big power bat at the two-hole. Also, his on-base percentage was the best in the American League. So he's getting on base, he's hitting home runs, he's still driving in runs, and it helps a lot in the righty-lefties um, uh, scenarios that Joe Girardi liked to do. So I don't know if that's the problem. Listen, it depends on who comes up and hits, though, because the Yankee teams will be a little bit different next year. I don't know who you'd want in the two-hole if you're not going to have Judge, because nobody else is going to get on base on the Yankees, 40% of the time, like Judge did. And he loves that righty-lefty. I mean, Didi is a perfect number two guy, but he's not going to go lefty-lefty with Gardner because, you know, he's the leadoff guy. So, you're right. Um, maybe maybe Castro at two. I don't know. But uh, Judge, yeah, he's I, even there. I, I could see Castro being the odd man out Castro there. Castro is a good trade piece, I'd say. He, he had a great season. He, he did. He had a really, he really good did. season. Before he got hurt, he was running away. He was an all-star this year. With he was terrible in the field uh, the past he, couple games. He certainly <laughs> fudged up in the field this postseason. That's for sure. He didn't look good there. But let's not forget, though, it is different. And I'm not, you know, he had a ton of time to get used to it. But the guy came up as a shortstop. Now he's playing second base. Um Sometimes when you got to change positions at that level, it's just not such an easy transition. He's had plenty of time to do it. But, Mike, I'm happy you brought up Judge because I, I had a debate with somebody at work who said Judge was absolutely awesome in the playoffs. I think he was just okay. He had no hits. He had one hit in the entire series against Cleveland. That counts. He had the most strikeouts in playoff history. Now, granted, that only goes back to the wild card because they didn't have as many rounds as they do now, so it's a skewed stat. But – um. He was good and had his huge moments. I don't think he was awesome. And that's the one thing that Judge, coming down the stretch this year, hasn't been as great as you'd like to see him in the clutch game, uh, in the clutch But it wasn't, it wasn't just him. No, no, of course not. It, it was just as, uh, a debate that we had at work. One guy was saying, he's everything you wanted in the playoffs. I said, well, were you saying that in Cleveland? He had one hit the entire series. And, and everyone give him a break about the strikeouts. I only gave him a little bit about the strikeouts because he's batting two. That's where the contact is supposed to be. And that's why I said something. You can strike out all you want to me if you're going to hit 50 home runs for me. That's fine with me. And, and his average. OBP is what was his final average? Uh, what he finished at? 270? I mean, for 54 home runs was the final number? Now, yeah. don't, now don't forget, guys. He, he was hitting like, like 340 three, in July when we were talking yeah, about him being a triple threat. Well, I know, but to go down to 270 shows I'm, you how poorly he hit. In this era of baseball, with that amount of home runs and that average and that on base, if he strikes out that many times, I don't care. Give me that really OBP and those well, home runs. He hit 284 in the regular season, but 188 in the postseason. He did have a huge September. Look what he did in the field. The Oh, of course. I'm not saying he was terrible either. That, that's, the, that's the thing I was trying to say to my friend at work. I'm, I'm not saying Judge sucked in the playoffs. I'm not saying he was. But I can't sit here and say a guy was awesome when they hit 188 in the playoffs. That, to me, that's not awesome. What Altuve does is awesome. My problem, everything. That's my problem awesome. was three hits in game seven. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. And Gary Sanchez behind the plate. The guy can't catch. He's just a terrible defensive catcher. Sure, he could throw runners out, but... The pass balls, why would anyone even take a chance running on him? He's probably going to let you go over to second base on his own. But then you yeah. guys think that Robertson looked tired in game six? Because I think he was. Well, we talked about it Saturday morning. I, I didn't see why he, they put uh, him in there. I know. I just think that he – it was only 12 pitches on uh, you know that game six. But to me, he just seemed a little flat, a little tired. And uh, you can't blame him. I mean, the guy threw more innings in the playoffs than, you know, than he was used to, especially consecutive innings. So 
be honest with you, I think Robertson's flat a lot, but he gets away with it. But uh, I had no problem going in there. I didn't really think he looked too tired, but um, he just didn't have it. He, he was not good in game six, that's for sure. But Robertson, it, great guy to go ahead with the bullpen going forward. No, but you got to score some runs, and the Yankees scored almost no runs. Almost no runs in the playoffs uh, on the road. They were 1-6 on the road um, between Cleveland and between Houston. Um, Pete Ferratos on Facebook Live says his glove was a lot better than his bat, and that's true. His glove was awesome. His glove was awesome. And when you have a guy his size with that short porch in right field, and he's taking away a home run every once in a while at Yankee Stadium, that's huge. When he does it twice in the postseason, that's awesome. That's almost gold glove worthy. That catch in game seven, if the Yankees won – that catch would be replayed almost as much as the David Tyree catch in New York for a long time. That was a phenomenal catch. So we'll just shoot some names at, uh, at both of you here and say if they're back or not. You think Rangers down one sure. nothing already. Shocker. Two minutes in. <laughs> um, CC Sabathia, is he back next year or no? Hundo Absolutely. Pace. Hundo pace. Um, you think Tanaka opts in? Yes. Oh, yeah, I can't see him not. And then the last guy, you think Todd Frazier? I think he really likes it here. And... I don't know what uh, their deal with Headley is. They might want to keep him there until Torres is ready. Uh, I would say yes if they if the contract's right. For if him. I'm Brian Cashman, I'm bringing back Todd Frazier. That guy did a lot. He did a lot for the right Yankees. In the clubhouse, too. In the clubhouse was awesome. Um, you know, he was just so he – was, he was a nice breath of fresh air for this team in the second half. He has an infectious personality. He's always the first guy to be jumping over the railing and be excited for his teammates when they do something well. He can go 0 for 4 and have a positive impact on the game by being a good teammate. Um, He loves being a Yankee. He couldn't be happier. You know, he's from Tom's River, New Jersey. Everybody knows about the picture with Jeter. So, if I'm Brian Cashman, um, and he's still productive. He's going to hit 25, 30 home runs in Yankee Stadium next year. If I'm him, I'd definitely think about getting Yankee Stadium. I think he's 40 home runs there. I think he's a 220 hitter there with 40 home runs and 15 steals. It's a little bit of Aaron Judge in him, but uh, obviously to a lower extent. Yeah, I I think they would. Tanaka's an interesting uh, case because everybody had their minds made up about him, and then he comes into playoffs, and he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, but he's, he's making so much money if he opts in. He's going to get less money if he opts out. Yeah, 60 he's something making, over three years. So yeah, if he I don't think in, anyone other team's going to give him 20 million. Years. I can't see it. So that's why he's going to opt in. I think he'd be, uh, he'd, be, he'd be a lunatic to opt out of that. I agree with you. 712 on over the top sports radio talking. Major League Baseball, the World Series gets underway tomorrow night. Houston and L.A., Keuchel and Kershaw, a great pitcher's matchup. If you like pitching, uh, this is the game for you. This is the series for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, give us a call at 646-716-5403. Um, real quick, we're going to get some baseball predictions for the World Series. Goon, we're going to have you post them as well. Uh, our predictions haven't been bad so far in the postseason. We'll see if we can uh, keep them going here. Also, we're on Facebook Live. Any comments, concerns, questions, hit us up there as, as well as our Twitter. And in just a couple moments, we're going to break down week seven of the NFL. Only one game remaining, an NFC East matchup coming up on Monday Night Football. Um, We'll also talk about the Mets uh, hiring of a new manager in just a minute. But, guys, uh, World Series is here. We've seen a lot of Houston. We know how good L.A.'s been all year. Um, in my mind, they've been the best team in the league. I think they're going to win this game, uh, win the series in six. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, I think the Dodgers uh, have shown me something now, and uh, you have to face Kershaw twice. That's, that's key to me. You're facing the best pitcher in baseball twice. Um, it's not easy going over there and not having the DH either. That's an advantage to the NL team. I, I think the Dodgers, um, six or seven, I could see it going the distance, sure. Uh, you might even face Kershaw three times, maybe one, four, yeah. and seven. You never right. know if they get there. But I'm going to go with the Dodgers in six. Um, they looked amazing this postseason. They haven't been beat. So, well, Corey Seager is going to come back, I said. Yeah, they got Seager back. I just think that I think Dodgers too much, and Clayton Kershaw is that, that's it. They got to beat Kershaw. They don't win one of the games against Kershaw. They're not going to win this series. And this is very important for Clayton Kershaw's legacy. Very important. One of the stigmas around him has been that he's been a bad postseason pitcher for as great as he's been in the regular season. He's increasingly got better in the postseason in his outings, but he's still giving up a lot of home runs. Um, and you know that band box in um, in Houston when he pitches game four or five, whatever one he gets is going to be tough. Um, if he can go out there and be dominant in the postseason, this is going to really cement his legacy. I think oh, this yeah. is more important for Clayton Kershaw than any other player Time in to, any of these teams. 100%. Time to put a ring on his resume. Uh, staying in the National League, uh, Mets made, named their new manager, introduced today. Um, 
was it Mickey Callaway? Mickey Callaway. Uh, can't say I know much about him. Uh, don't know if it's a good hire or not. Yeah, why not? Everybody, Mike, why is everyone so excited? Everybody's I excited about it. I couldn't tell you. Everybody's excited season. about it because it's not Kevin Long. <laughs> Kevin Long was the front runner they said over the weekend to the Mets managing spot, and that would have been a disaster. You couldn't fire Terry Collins and then promote from within after the season that you had. You had to go outside the organization, and they did. And this is a pitching coach that went over to Cleveland when he went there. And he turned that pitching staff around. Everybody had good years. Uh, you know, Kluber's Kluber, but Carrasco, Bauer he worked with. Uh, you know, Tomlin even had a decent stretch there for a while. So, uh, you know, with the pitching talent that the Mets have, everyone's excited at the potential of what this guy can do for them. I think it's not fair they didn't get an interview to our boy Todd Pratt. That's what I say. <laughs> I don't know if he was up for it at all. <laughs> He's a little worried about his job. And I wish him the best since he came on our show. But, yeah, I guess we'll see what this guy's about. He had a pretty good uh, – press conference today everybody seems to be very passionate he said uh he's all for the players and everything named after mickey mantle and he's, he's, not, he's not terry collins so and yeah i appreciate I, that aspect of course one of the younger managers in baseball instead of being one of the older managers in baseball oh yeah Mets. terry so, was uh, sure old <laughs> i definitely like the move it, it uh kevin long would have been a disaster if they promoted with it and then i read today maybe kevin long for the nationals definitely which, a breath uh, of fresh air yeah, so be good if you're a Mets fan. Yeah. I, I can't i i i can't if I like this move or not. I don't know much about him. He did a good job in Cleveland as a pitching coach. Never had any managerial experience, so it's just a wait and see. We'll see you're what happens. Said you're happy. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, I can't see why not. It's a breath of fresh air, but Sandy Alderson also has guys that he likes his particular type of manager, yes. and I don't really like that about Sandy Alderson, so that's what worries me, is if he's a Sandy Alderson type guy, I don't know if I would love that, but hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. The biggest thing for the Mets next year is that they're healthy. If they're not healthy, they can't do Anything, it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, any, who's managing them. So we'll see about that. Another managerial uh, hiring was your Red Sox. Yep. Um, now Alex Cora going to be uh, on the bench. I in think he Fenway was a part runner for most teams. Uh, you know, the Mets wanted to interview him. And, uh, you know, the Nationals, I'm sure, would have been calling. But, uh, you know, the Red Sox is a good roster. And, uh, you know, they made the playoffs. Chris Sale is there. Still at Price there. Pomerantz won whatever it was, 15, 16 games. Nice, talented offense. And uh, he's regarded as a very smart baseball guy. So I think it was a good move for them. Yeah. So that's the baseball scene. Uh, Goon will post all of our Dodgers picks on our Twitter is if anybody needs to uh, see that, but we'll keep them up there just for the record uh, transition to the NFL. And because I see it on ESPN right now and the oh. eight, the Rangers just didn't score. Oh my God. That's <laughs> not the NFL, but we got two TVs on here. We got one TV. They're asking if the Browns are going to be 0-16. I think Mike's going to speak to that in just a second. Uh, Rangers, though, very close to a Chris Crowder power play goal. I don't know how that puck stayed out of the net. But week seven in the NFL, uh, not the injuries that we had last week. Uh, definitely an interesting week. Uh, but let's start with the Cleveland Browns, Mike, because I know you want to get into your rant. Let's get it out of the way because the Browns, you know what? They're never going to be the top of any show ever. But when you have a guy ranting about them, they deserve the lead. Yesterday, they were an absolute joke again. I don't want to take any of your thunder. So I'm going to let you get into that, and then we'll break down that game and the rest of the week. Well, I'm sure. Here comes the audio clip, so go ahead. And the Browns, Vinny, they will win five games this year, hammer the over four and a half. Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, these kids are going to be tough to play against. No, no, no. Don't do that, audience. Please don't do that. <laughs> and if, right. you, if you couldn't hear that on Facebook Live, who tried to play it uh, earlier in our NFL pre-show. Uh, uh, preseason uh, preview, Vinny and Mike were having a discussion about over-unders, and Mike said to hammer the Browns over five. Greg Williams' defense, uh, Vinny's answer was his famous no, which sometimes <laughs> he's right, sometimes he's wrong. This time he was right, and Mike now gets his chance to comment on his Cleveland Browns. The Browns, they fooled me. <laughs> this week's rant is on that joke of an organization called the Cleveland Browns. Where to start? Let's go back to 2012 when they selected 28-year-old rookie quarterback Brandon Whedon with one of their two first-round picks they had that year. With the 22nd overall pick, you take a 28-year-old. A couple of players taken after that, Dante Hightower, Whitney Merciless, Janoris Jenkins, Bobby Wagner, and, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson. Whedon is no longer in the NFL. The other first-round pick that year, Trent Richardson, who is also no longer in the NFL. Let's jump to 2014. The Browns, again, have two first-round picks. This year, they're going to get it right, guys. Well, the Browns select Justin Gilbert, who is no longer in the league and suspended for violating the league's substance policy if he wants to come back. The other pick, Johnny Manziel, who is no longer in the league. A couple players taken after Gilbert, Odell, Aaron Donald, Rob Zach Martin, Brandon Cooks, and, oh, yeah, Derek Carr. 
Now, I'm not going to sit here and uh, bash the pick since. The jury's still out on them. In fact, the Browns had three first-round picks last year and all looked like solid players. What I'm going to continue to do is bash this organization. Since 1999, the Browns have drafted 10 quarterbacks, the most recent being Deshaun Kaiser, who was benched mid-game twice in the last three weeks. The only reason it isn't three and three is because he was named the backup for one game. How is this good for development? Either you start him or you sit him. No wonder why this kid's getting migraines. Just when you think it can't possibly get any worse for the Browns, three players missed curfew this week. Former first-round pick Corey Coleman, who's injured again. Big offseason signing Kenny Britt and rookie Deshaun Kaiser. Yesterday, only 25,000 fans showed up to watch the Browns lose again. This building sits 73,200. I've been to Cleveland for a Browns-Giants game, and this is a loyal fan base, and it takes football seriously, and they deserve better. Not only did that loss yesterday drop head coach Hugh Jackson to 1-22, but it also lost all-pro tackle Joe Thomas for the season due to a bicep injury. The dog pound is in serious trouble. And you just brought up Joe Thomas, and that is the only positive thing to come out of the Cleveland Browns organization for all these years. He's been a true, true star on that team. He's played every single snap. Um, and now he's out. That is just such a symbol of what that Browns organization has come to. It's the Browns. The Browns just do Browns things. They're always going to have a top four pick. They can, until they get a quarterback right, they cannot proceed in the right direction. It's just plain and simple. They just can't get, they can't pick the right quarterback ever. And they really can't go forward until they do so. Mike, how do you fix the Browns? They've tried changing the president, the GM, the coach, the quarterback. They've changed everything. They've moved. <laughs> they, they had a relocation, and then they put a new Browns team in Cleveland. How do you fix this organization? You know, just looking at those picks that they've missed on, they horrible. Four uh, first-round picks aren't even in the league anymore. You're missing bad. Uh, and you need to spend another top three, top four pick on a quarterback again this year. Kaiser's not the answer. He sucks. I, I have a solution. I think that they should hire Jerry Reese. <laughs> I think the Browns should hire Jerry Reese. He's been known for being a great drafter, right? He got Landon Collins at Odell. They should hire Jerry Reese, give him a boatload of money, and let him go there and build that team because he is great. And they're not even a free agency destination. No one's ever going oh, to go to Cleveland. How could you go to Cleveland? They can't do anything until they get their picks right. I mean, look at all these top picks they have, and they never, they're never right. They never How do you out. draft a 28-year-old rookie? <laughs> Brandon Whedon. <laughs> yeah, Brandon oh. Whedon was one of the uh, four, Let's not forget about the, uh, Mike. Mike was telling me before the show, 13 quarterbacks. Oh, uh, 10 quarterbacks in the last yeah. uh, 18 Since 1999. years. That's crazy. They've Brady Quinn's of the year of the world. I mean, every bad quarterback you've ever heard of. And they traded for Brock Osweiler just yeah. so they can get an extra second-round pick, which you know that they're going to screw and up. Just because you brought up Brock Osweiler, I was searching for you Browns fans on Twitter today just so I could talk to you about my rant. And what are you idiots thinking that you'd be better with Brock Osweiler? A team paid money and picks so that you could take him off their hands. What are you doing? You well, can imagine. Other options, Mike. The other guys are no good either. Oh, Kaiser is Brock Osweiler? <laughs> Kaiser's crack. Hester's crack. Osweiler at least had some uh, – he beat the Patriots one time, Brock oh, Osweiler. You oh, can man. imagine how the meetings went in Houston when they were thinking about making this trade. There's, I can imagine this. So we need to get rid of Brock's money. And I'm sure that somebody that probably got a raise and a big promotion – how about we call the Browns? I bet you they take yeah, them from us. And lo and behold, they did. There you go. Let's just put them off. They're like that idiot in your fantasy team that you could just coerce in making any deal, make anybody sound good, you know, and uh, get whoever you want for them. They better put a statue of Joe Thomas outside that stadium having to protect all these bums. And <laughs> what does he have, a combined 40 wins, you want oh, to say, ever? Terrible. How long has he been there? I, I wouldn't even go under the 40. I would go like – Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's not 40. 20, no chance. 20 has to be. No way. No way. 40 well, is definitely too high. Oh. But let's break down the game now. It's 724 over the top sports radio. This is not just about the Browns yesterday, folks. This was about how bad the Titans are. Yeah, the other team that I like that sucks too. Yeah. You should drop every Titans player except Ryan Suckup. He's the only one with value in fantasy. Listen, (laughs) 25,000 people you said went to that game, Mike. I didn't even know that. And all they saw were field goals. 12 to 9 overtime game. That is disgusting. Marcus Mariota, the only guy that hasn't thrown a touchdown. Every quarterback has multiple touchdowns against the Browns this year. Mariota goes out there and he can't do anything. Mariota's still hurting because Mariota didn't leave the pocket once yesterday. But, I mean, if that's going to be the issue, then you can't start him. You know, I guess you've got to start Castle. I don't know what to tell you. But he didn't leave the pocket once. The run game wasn't very good anyway. Uh, The one thing the Browns can do is they can stop the run. And you saw it yesterday. They limited the damage with the run. But, uh, you know, to, to go into Cleveland and blow a lead and have to go to overtime with the Cleveland Browns, 
The Titans suck also. They are declared it also. I was wrong on the Titans. All right, moving forward. Big thing. jumping off two bad wagons <laughs> in the same game. Two, two bad wagons in one game and one rant. They ruined it. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have to do a rant on the Titans next week. We still might. By the way, the Titans were killing their first place. Just saying, right now they're tied for first place, and they're actually in first place over the Jaguars in that brutal, brutal division. Staying in the AFC, Mike, we had a Facebook comment. Um, question asking us, what jersey are you wearing? We'll talk about the Steelers. Whose jersey is that and why? This is, uh, if you're on Facebook last week after the show ended, this is Alejandro Villanueva. If you stand for the flag, I stand for you. So we're supporting the uh, the jersey tonight. So that's where he, uh, that's where Mike stands with it. And speaking of Villanueva, his Steelers did what we expected them to do. At home, uh, they really put it to the Bengals. Uh, 29-14 wins. Uh, Steelers moving to 5-2 and two despite their early season troubles. Yeah, they look much better, and uh, we've been preaching pick up Juju Schuster for a while now, and he's emerged as a second receiver. Martavius Bryant didn't show up to the meeting today. I, I think they're going to be forced to trade him, even though they said they don't want to. Bell looks like he's back, uh, you know, after missing, uh, you know, the training camp. He looks awesome again, and I will now buy into the Steelers again until they let me down. Now, the Steelers, uh, one thing I want to get into, they look great. They look like they're back to, back to normal, and they are a contender again over there in the AFC. Uh, they just solved all their problems, even though we, we talked about their problems last uh, Saturday. Le'Veon Bell is getting a workload. I know this is a big topic going around the league. He was hurt in the uh, playoff game against the Pats, and they really could have used him in the playoffs. Are they, over, are they overworking Le'Veon, do you guys think? Well, he didn't do any work in the summer. He didn't, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't do anything in weeks one, two, or three. He, asked, but now, you know, he asked for more carries also. So, 35 uh, carries, he could take it. He's the type of guy. He, he knows how to avoid getting the big hits down low. Um, I would be worried about that. He, I would. he did it all year last year. This is, too, he, he he did it, the There's multiple games where it's over 30. You know so where I, I worry? I mean, he had a 40-carry game last year against the Bills. You know where I would worry is in the next couple of years in fantasy. That's where I'd worry is when it starts to take a real toll on his body. I think he can get through this year. I mean, listen, the backup's James Conner. If Bell goes down, that season's over. Listen, it's just going to be one hit that takes him out. It's not going to be a, a lingering thing that ha- hurts him this year. But remember what happened with Larry Johnson in Kansas City. When he had all those touches those two, three years in a row, he was a fantasy god, and all of a sudden he was done because he had so many carries in his body. Yeah, the Chiefs it. always had a running back to step up. Who was up after? Priest Holmes. They did, it? but at least that so, was the thing that didn't hurt them until the following Peyton season. Hill, was it season Peyton after. Hill, so it was Peyton Hill? No, it was around. Priest Holmes. It was Larry uh, Johnson. Larry Peyton Hillis was after that. But, um, and of course, Peyton Hillis was on the uh, Madden cover before he went yeah. to the Giants. Another Browns great, Peyton Hillis, by the way. But Le'Veon Bell is very important. 35 carries. At the beginning of the year, they weren't playing good football. They sucked on the road. Big Ben threw those five picks against the Jags. Le'Veon Bell, when he puts up numbers like this, the Steelers are really tough. I mean, and his yards per carry isn't that high, but he's getting the work. He's, he's softening up those defenses. And Roethlisberger, 24 pass attempts, only 14 completions. Bell, 35 carries, 134 yards. Um, Antonio Brown got a score. His numbers are way down this year, too, by the way. Yeah, they are. And I think that, that shows you that Ben just hasn't been himself yet. But Ben also is like a second-half type of guy. So I'm not worried about that. Ben, uh, you know, there's a stat on him. At home, 430 games, he's ridiculous. On the road or a 1 o'clock game, his stats are much lower. So once the season moves on, I think Ben will start picking it up. I'm not worried about him. And I think the Steelers are going to be a force to reckon with. And I also think that was one of the worst touchdown celebrations ever. I didn't see I thought it was the best. Oh, I thought it was great. That was so can't let a guy dictate your team like that. You, you got to put your foot down. You can't let guys sit there and say, he needs to grow up too. They, they won. won. If they lost and he wants to complain about it, that's another story. They won the game. Shut your mouth. How about the four and two bills getting the win yesterday against the Bucks? Another game that I was on the bills. I think this built team is pretty good. Uh, they're sneaky. Good. Uh, three and zero at home. Another one of those teams that is very good at home. Bucks fall to zero and three on the road. They're two and four. They're starting to see some trouble, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said it a few times. We were fooled by hard knocks. The, the <laughs> Buccaneers suck. They're not a good team. And, you know, hard knocks, I'm thinking they're a playoff team, and they're not that at all. There's a lot of holes on defense. Uh, Jameis Winston, I, you know, he's got the shoulder injury. He decided to play. He just didn't look right to me. He really didn't. Um, they battled, though. It was a close game till the end. Uh, the Bills at home just seems like one of those, uh, like a Vikings type thing. You, you know, you kind of lean towards them when they're at home. It was a slow start again for Tampa Bay. Uh, they always seem like they're coming from behind, uh, on the road especially. Uh, they, they're not good on the road here. They, I think they lost every single one of their road games here. They don't have a bye now because they missed week one. They could probably use that, especially with uh, Winston's shoulder right now. Uh, the Bills, I don't know how good or bad they really are, but uh, Tampa Bay just doesn't look like a good uh, road team, and I, that's what I'm taking out of this game. The, the most important take out of this game for me was Will Sean McCoy was back. 
23 carries, 91 yards. I talked about it the first other day. Touchdown of the year. Two touchdowns, yep. Uh, but, yes, it was his first of the year. You're right about that. We talked about that the other day, how he just hasn't been the same. The workload's been there, but the numbers haven't been there. Uh, he finally had the numbers. He was a big part of that Bills win. Uh, the other thing I take about it is follow Barstool, guys. Watch Bills Mafia and their stupid videos. <laughs> they threw a girl through a table. Another guy jumped through a table that was on fire, and he went on fire while they stopped up and rolled him to get him out of it. These guys are such idiots. Uh, there's even better videos out there, I promise you. Uh, but follow some of the Bills Mafia stuff because they have crazy tailgates. I've been to one before. Um, everything is what they say it is. It's worse than like a college campus. Uh, anyway, those are my two takes. Uh, we talked about the Bucks. We were all in agreement there. Uh, one game that we were uh, not so sure about, I know Mike had them in his confidence pool, was the Panthers. They're a team that we talked about before the show. You cannot bet on her against the Panthers. You don't know what this team is. Tariq Cohen makes one big play every week, and that skews his numbers. But you know what? It's enough to get them wins. Uh, they're now 3-4. and four. They come up with a big 17-3 win at home against the Panthers in a brutally played offensive game. Yeah, you don't know what the uh, what the Bills are. I don't know what the Bears are. They impressed me at home. They look they're, like a better team. They're not as bad as everyone thinks they are. They're running not. the ball well with uh, Cohen and Howard. So, and that uh, kid Jackson had two touchdowns defensively. They tur- uh, forced turnovers at home. They they really did. They showed me something yesterday. Two big-time defensive touchdowns from Eddie Jackson. And Mitchell Trubisky got his second win. NFL back-to-back wins for the young quarterback from North Carolina. And he was only four for seven doing it. How about that? <laughs> and How do you like that? There might have been a record set in the NFL this week, and I'd have to look it up, for most teams in a week where they didn't score a touchdown. Because another game, the Panthers didn't score a touchdown. We talked about the Titans and Browns. We're going to get to the Colts and Cardinals got shut out this week. Um, they didn't score a touchdown. The Bears don't score a touchdown offensively. Both their touchdowns were, like you said, by Jackson. Um, 17-3 win. No points at all in that game in the second half. Uh, there's just some brutal football this week. Uh, somebody's got to win. That's a game the Bears really should have won. They should have gone in there and had a better uh, showing against the Bears. One last point about this, Rob. Sorry, Greg Olson's out of the boot. So uh, I think a couple weeks away, Greg Olson, uh, you know, as long as they're still contending. He and they're going to contend. Right. And, and right. We'll, we'll get to more teams in that division and how bad the uh, Falcons have been later. But they're going to contend in that division for sure. Um, and you know that the uh, with the Buccaneers we just talked about aren't going to be there too. This might be a, a Saints and Panthers uh, division. And speaking of the Saints, uh, they went into Green Bay yesterday. Drew Brees versus Brett Hundley. Uh, got the job done. They got off to a slow start, but they really turned it up winning the second half, 19-3. to um, Mike, fantasy-wise, I want to get into this, too, with you. You're the big fantasy guy. Uh, what do you do with Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson and even Randall Cobb right now with this quarterback? Yeah, I'm just going to look at the targets real quick. Uh, let's see here. Cobb had four targets, Jordy four targets, Adams five. Uh, you know, Brett, Hundley showed, uh, you know, he had a big arm yesterday. He took some chances. To me, if you if you have Jordy or Adams, you have to hold him. You're going to start him. You just have to downgrade him. I think Cobb's the the fallout guy here. I don't I don't like Cobb anymore. I I would think maybe a flex at the at the most. Um, the other concerning fantasy guy is Breeze. I know he threw for 331 yards, but he hasn't been the same Drew Breeze. He's not uh, he's not lighting it up really for me. He's throwing interceptions more than usual. He threw two yesterday. Uh, I'm very concerned about Drew Breeze, uh, you know, as a quarterback. And the Packers, it's time to panic because your season's over. Uh, if Brett Hundley's your quarterback, you're done. Not one Packer receiver cracked 20 yards. Hundley didn't even crack 100. He was 12 for 25 with 87 yards and no touchdowns, one interception. This guy stinks. Uh, the Saints, I always make fun of them on the road. They went in there and just destroyed the Packers. You like can't. I said, all season long, Green Bay is not a good team when they don't have Aaron Rodgers. What a terrible goal given up there by Henrik Lundqvist from a bad angle. 2 nothing Sharks, uh, for those of you uh, hockey fans out there watching. That's got to be stopped. Last fantasy point, Mark Ingram is a top 10 running back the rest of the way. He's back absolutely good weeks. And you're a liar because that's not your last fantasy point. So I have two <laughs> more questions for you about this game. Ted Ginn sure. Jr. went 7 for 141. Um, he's been better now as he starts yeah. to get a camaraderie with Drew Brees and also is Aaron Jones now the running back to go with in Green Bay if anybody yeah I think Aaron Jones has kind of taken over that Montgomery role I think Montgomery's still banged up and you know he's still just getting out there still playing Jones looked awesome he really did especially the first drive for them he looked great Ted Ginn is uh he's in that Brandon Cooks role he's Thomas is seeing the number one uh the number one quarter from the opposing defense and Ginn is kind of taking that Brandon Cooks role that he had so I think this is the second game in a row for for Ginn where he really went off and I think it continued I really do yeah just uh just a terrible game. Look at the receiving yards for Green Bay. Their leading receiver had 17 yards. Cobb, Struggle. 15. Geronimo Allison, your boy, had 14. That's more than Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. That's why I said on Saturday, I'm like, you can't bet Brett Hundley when he's facing Drew Brees, even when Drew Brees is in his best. You don't know what you had in Hundley. You, had you a, can't trade one of them because you're not going to get anything. 
No, you unless, get anything you know, unless there's an idiot in the league, I mean, then I would no. do it. But no, no, <laughs> there are idiots in a lot of leagues, but uh, I'm not so sure about that. Um, here's another awful game. Uh, another game where a team got shut out. A uh, team that I was uh, off on. You love the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars going to Big Indianapolis. Vinny was on the Colts, too. You guys rolled all over. All over Jacoby Brissett. Come Hi, you know what? They played well at home. They were 2-1 and one at home. The Jaguars have been either high or low. They don't even Fournette. I said it the other day. They don't even need Fournette to be successful. But nobody saw TJ Yeldon going 9 for 122 in a touchdown. No, I thought it was going to be Ivory. If you started Ivory, that sucked because Yeldon really took off and, and went off. Listen, when TJ Yeldon goes 9 for 122 in a score and Blake Bortles throws for 330 on you, you've got to start now looking ahead at who's playing this Colts defense because they did that in Indianapolis. Look at stream, make a trade, buy low on somebody. Who's playing the Colts? As you go down the stretch in fantasy, as um, you get into the playoffs, if you're a six and one team after this week, a five and two team, see who's playing the Colts in that first round. Get yourself to the finals because the Colts defense is brutal now, and their offense is just dead. Yeah, the Colts are pretty bad. I thought at home they pull it off because the Jaguars. I just never know what what is up with this team. They're a big wild card this year. Maybe they're a little better than I thought, but Blake Bortles had a field day against them. He was just throwing all over for them. And the Colts, they're, they're just not a good team, and they couldn't get it done at home against what I thought was a mediocre team. And I still think they're a mediocre team, but we will see going forward. The and Colts, they're just, they're just not a good the team. The Colts lost uh, Malik Hooker, uh, their first-round pick to safety. So uh, that's a big loss for them for the year. So, And, Mike, you said today you uh, heard that uh, Andrew Luck might not even play again this year. You heard from a source that he's not going to play. So somebody, uh, you know, one of the beat writers for the Colts tweeted that he heard from a source, you know, inside of the organization that he does not believe that Andrew Luck is going to play this year. I've been saying since day one, shoulder injuries, that is tough to come back from. I couldn't see him playing seven games. It looks more and more likely now, especially with another loss, that he won't be back. But there's something wrong here. There's something fishing here. That shoulder injury was diagnosed to be ready around week one or week two. Give him a couple weeks. No need to put him on the pup list. Something was wrong, whether it was a misdiagnosis, a bad job on the surgery, or Andrew Luck just can't get ready. He, he, there's physically something wrong that they're not letting you know. It's not just something where shoulder injuries are bad. I know you would know personally about shoulder injuries better than anybody, but something is a little bit fishy here. Why wouldn't they put him on the pup? Why wouldn't he be on IR designated to return? They've had him come back. There's something has been wrong. Of course, I'm not going to tell you, but to me, there's something fishy here. You could have been Right. I think ticket sales. You know, you're a Colts guy. What are, who are you going to see? You're not going to see uh, yeah, you know, Frank Gore. What are you, what are you, what are you selling? Are you selling him on the bench? No, but at the beginning of the year, without putting him on the pup list, now you have hope. Hey, I he might be back for week tickets, four. These tickets are sold already. These, they sell yeah. all their season tickets years in advance. They're, they're not going to have a season. Listen, NFL teams make their money through TV now anyway, not ticket sales. That's I just fair. think there's something fishy. And who Mike, knows? And it, uh, it's fishy. You mentioned, Mike here. you mentioned Marlon Mack. He didn't get a really big chance to prove himself because they were trailing all game. But uh, he got five carries for 26 yards. Gore only got nine. Um, and he also got six targets, four catches, 40 yards. So he did make some plays and his little bit of action in there. Do you think going forward, Marlon Mack, if they're not getting blown out right from the get-go, has some fantasy value? He's looked better. He's shown explosiveness that Frank Gore doesn't have. And if you're going to start rebuilding and looking for next year, I mean, why not give this kid a chance? You know, I think Mack is definitely ownable. I think he can be able to start flexing him soon. I'm not sure if he'll, uh, you know, if he'll reach that running back two status, but certainly a flex. And I hope everybody traded T.Y. Hilton when you could sell high on him when he was doing great with Brissett. That's two straight weeks in a row now. Three total catches coming into that. He was top five in the whole NFL in yards um, for receivers. And he called out his offensive line, too, over there. Yeah, yeah. he was facing Ramsey. Again, I told you guys this the other day. Ramsey and Bouye, they shut down. It was a top corners. Uh, if you have T.Y. Hilton, like, just downgrade him. Wide receiver, too. I'd rather him than, uh, than Nelson or Adams right now. Well, let me ask you this, though. Uh, it might be going a little, little way from football, but he's calling out people. What is up with these athletes now taking to Twitter and social media now? All of a sudden, they think they can go there and talk trash about their team and their teammates are not wanting to be there. You saw it with Bledsoe, Martavis Bryant, T.Y. Hilton. These guys got to shut their mouths. No, they're millennials. They're, they're snowflakes. They, they think they're entitled to everything. I mean, you know, it's it, one lineman should go up to him and say, you know what, I'll block you and throw him into a locker. I That's mean, how it would have happened in the old days. Yeah, it should. You know, 300 pound guy. I think Hilton isn't wrong, but he can't come out and say it. That's oh, the problem. Listen, and even if you say it in a press conference, you, you know, you, or even Eric Bledsoe, you can't be out there tweeting that stuff. No. It's just not what Twitter's for. Nothing good can come of it. 739 over the top sports radio Monday night, breaking down week seven. Of the NFL, Robbie D, Vinny the Shark, Big Mike with you, good on the controls. Um, let's let's move on to another shutout. The Rams, a team that has just been probably the best story of the year, thirty-three nothing against the Cardinals, who lost Carson Palmer. Their season's done, and that Adrian Peterson romantic uh, 
you know, return to grace lasted one week. Tried to tell you guys this one also. You can't have 40-year-olds traveling to London and expect to win a game. And that's exactly what happened. You saw Palmer go down. He's too old to be doing that. He's going to be done probably for the season. I and that was Peterson's second trip to London this year. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect that guy to do that. And he's put a terrible performance. Um, listen, the Rams, I bought into them, you know, a little bit. The Seattle game really threw me off there. They're a good team. They, they know how to score points. The defense has gotten better. Uh, the Cardinals now Drew Stanton. I mean, oh, God, that's just horrible. They're in for a top seven pick. Poor Larry Fitzgerald. I'm done ever favoring the Cardinals here. They made me look silly two times now. Uh, I was feeling them last week. They completely destroyed the Bucks. They put up so many points. Everything was clicking for them. Adrian Peterson looked rejuvenated and back. I got all excited. And I was like, ah, oh, Cardinals defense isn't all that bad. Now they're pretty bad. The Cardinals as a team is pretty bad. And now they lost Carson Palmer and David Johnson. This team's hopeless. They're going to load the box on AP. If you own AP, I hope you sold high because nothing's getting better for him. Uh, Twitter question. Can Cousins get 27 points tonight uh, from Ronnie? Yeah, I I think so. They're going to be losing. I think, uh, you know, if they're trailing, like I expect, I think he'll have to throw the ball, sure. I think it's going to be a closer game than expected, but Cousins is definitely – he throws so many times a game. This guy is always throwing at least 40 attempts, so he always has a crack at it. I think both of these teams are going to be throwing the ball all over the field today. I think he absolutely can. It just depends on if it's uh, Chris Thompson breaking a big touchdown or not, whether Thompson does it as a running back or as a receiver because he's been doing it a lot lately. Um, He's the most explosive player to have also – um, since we're going to talk about that game real quick, uh, where's Jordan Reed been? Is this guy done? I, he's, he's injured. He's another one. He's like, look, he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. He's playing. He admitted he's less than a hundred percent. Um, a lot of people have asking on Twitter, actually, they've been, they've been getting Zach Ertz for, for Jordan Reed, uh, in trades. And if you were able to do that, good for you. Cause that is a steal. Why would, why would anybody give up Ertz to get Reed? I mean, yeah. that's just name recognition and not knowing better and not paying attention. I agree, but Zach uh, Ertz has been the second best tight end. Uh, he's right behind, you know, Kelsey and Gronkowski sure. this year. And when you were, when you were thinking about injuries, he might even be a little bit more valuable than one of them going forward. Um, but, yeah, that, that's crazy. Either way, I think Reed might be done. I just think he doesn't have much more value. Uh, AFC matchup uh, moving forward. Only about 17 minutes left to go in the program. AFC matchup. The Dolphins, baby. Forward to halfway to that eight-win threshold. I had them at this year. Bob's fish. Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> the Jets had a two-touchdown lead. They blew it, as only the Jets can. The Jets were staring at four and three, which was basically the number that they had for all season. I think it was four and a half. Four and, five. and a half. Four and a half. They would have been four and three. Uh, 17 nothing. the Dolphins win that fourth quarter, um, and it was behind Matt Moore. Matt Moore is going to be the quarterback for the future right now. Uh, Cutler broke some ribs. It's going to be the Matt Moore show. Uh, I think they played better with him. I really do. You know, brief time yesterday, but you saw it last season uh, when Tannehill got hurt. Matt Moore is a serviceable quarterback, and, uh, you know, they seem to rally around him. As far as the Jets go, uh, to blow a lead like that was really disappointing. I was all over them this week. I thought they were going to win. Their schedule was about to get really, really hard, Vinny. This was a game that the Jets really had to win, in my opinion. And they had it. You're right. They just blew it. But that's what happens when Jay Cutler finally goes down. They had a sufficient quarterback, who I happen to like. I always thought he was one of the best quarterbacks. The Morgasm. Matt Moore came in there and won the game and when they needed to and the time mattered most. Matt Moore came in there. I always thought he was one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. And he well, came right in there and got the job done. He was, but Miami's defense also came to play in the second half. They were getting torched in the first half by the Jets. Uh, Cutler did have 14 points before he got hurt, a couple of touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, another touchdown. Yeah. That was always the knock on Landry. He could make a bunch of catches. He get a bunch of yards. He had another touchdown. Kenny Stills had three touchdowns now in two weeks for Kenny Stills, a guy that I never liked because he's been one of the uh, most outspoken um, kneelers, if you will. He's a very obnoxious man. That's he's sure. very obnoxious, but you know what? He's been very effective now. An obnoxious uh, piece of crap. <laughs> right. So, covered in it. But anyway, uh, Jay Ajayi, only 23 for 51. They still get it done. Josh McCown, guys, four touchdowns again. Now he's done it back-to-back weeks where if he didn't have the name Josh McCown and he wasn't on the Jets, he probably would have been lineup starting, giving people wins. Basically, a four-touchdown day for Josh McCown. Well, we got, we got a few thank yous on Twitter there because uh, we recommended McCown to a few guys just based on waiver options. So, Listen, Josh McCown has been serviceable. He really has. Austin Sparrow Jenkins is a startable tight end and a he good is. one at that. So and he's scored a touchdown that counted this week. <laughs> right, right. So Jets fans, a, like Jets that. have a few pieces that you could definitely use in fantasy. McCown's been such an underrated daily fantasy player as well. At that low-priced low quarterback, he's been putting up some pretty good numbers for you. 
All right, Vikings, once again, winning at home, moving to four and one. You could do your little skull, Vikings. Uh, This one was all Vikings throughout the game. The uh, Ravens scored a touchdown really late just to uh, make it look a little bit closer than it was. I think we all had them in confidence picks, the Vikings, and we all won with them. So uh, Vikings 24-16, it was the Latavius Murray show this week. It wasn't Jarrett McKinnon. It wasn't Case Keenum. Uh, This was all Latavius Murray and a great defense. I think you're going to see Murray, uh, you know, when they get a lead. And they had the lead for most of the game, uh, whether it was a field goal or a little bit more at times. They're going to be able to run the ball, and and they have to establish that. They have to milk the clock. You can't have your defense out there the whole time. Uh, I still like McKinnon going forward, um, especially in a PPR. He had, what, three catches yesterday. Uh, You saw Treadwell get some looks yesterday, too, because Diggs is out. Um, Adam Thielen, if you're an owner of him in fantasy, wouldn't worry about it. He played on the outside yesterday instead of the slot where he was all season. Once Diggs comes back, Thielen will go back to the slot, and uh, those catches will be there. Yeah, big game for Murray. I'm with you, Mike. I've been loving McKinnon all year. I think he's a very, very good running back. But, you know, if they can have a balance of a committee like Murray and McKinnon like that, and they're going to run the ball as well as they did against Baltimore last Sunday. And they're going to get Stephon Diggs back. That's Especially if they keep my boy Chase Keenum in there. Uh, Vikings, they get it done at home again. This is, a, this is a solid team over here. Minnesota. Now, last year, the Vikings got off to the same start that they're at right now. They got off to a great start. We saw them in person. We thought that they were just going to be awesome, and they were going to be an NFC contender. They fell off in the second half of the year. Do we think that they have the staying power this year? I think they do. Uh, you know, yes. it's another season. Yeah, another season the uh, NFC you know, learned. And, yeah, I, I just think that, uh, you know, you'll learn from that. And also, Zimmer went down, uh, the head coach, for a few games last year. He had something wrong with his eye. He missed a few games. Anytime you lose your coach for a few games, if somebody else, you change your – you know, they're creatures of habit, so I think they're fine. And Sam Bradford's not their quarterback right now, so <laughs> that's a big difference, too. Well, if you listen to us on Saturday morning, we talked about DFS guys. We liked Chris Ivory. He had a touchdown. We liked Austin – Mike liked Austin, Austin Safarian Jenkins. He had a touchdown. And I said, if you buy low on these guys at that cheap price, you can hit Ezekiel Elliott big. And he had over 40 points in daily this week. Uh, the Cowboys absolutely crushed the Niners. The Niners are 0-7. They're going to be a team contending with the Browns neck and neck for the first overall pick. They look terrible. Uh, But the Cowboys get a win that they needed really, really badly. Yeah, and Zeke's going to play another day, another week, rather. Surprise, Uh, surprise, right? (laughs) The NFL filed a motion to try and get the hearing before the game. The judge said no. He's going to definitely play another week, and and we'll go from there. Not much to speak on. This was a blowout. I'm glad I told Vinny that it wasn't Hoyer because he liked the 49ers for a minute there on Saturday. Uh, CJ Breadhead, I don't know who this kid is. He sucks also. They need another Breadhead? <laughs> it's just funny, Breadhead. It's, it's better. But Whatever. Breadhead sounds better. And he will too. be Breadhead now <laughs> for the rest of the year on Over the Top Sports Radio. Sucks. Sucks. He is not good. And it was actually pretty pathetic when he got his uh, only touchdown of the game. And they were down, they were down pretty much 40, 40 to 3 at the time. And they had to chase the ball. And he was a little excited about getting his first touchdown. It's not a really it was cool, cute. cool it was time to get it, yeah. But uh, 49ers, man, this is probably – they're really right there with the uh, Browns. Worst if the football. 49ers and the Browns played 10 times, what would the series go? I think it would go 0-0 and 10. I think they'd tie 10 times. <laughs> Certainly possible. Put in Brian Hoyer and maybe them. <laughs> and then the final game of the day slate yesterday before we get to the New York Giants was another shutout, guys. We talked about lack of points. The second straight week, the Broncos looked just brutal offensively. The Chargers had a kick return for a touchdown in the first quarter. Um, and then it was, uh, you know, kind of just manage the clock, score a couple more touchdowns. Phillip Rivers doing the job for the Chargers. They're now three and four. And the Broncos, by the way, have played most of their games, four games at home already. That was only their second road game they lost. And they're starting to look like they're in some big trouble in Denver. Well, kudos to you because you were on the Chargers uh, on Saturday a lot more than I was. I just said, give me the team with the point, which happened to be the Chargers. So uh, you were all over them. You called it. You said they should have won the, the previous time they played. Uh, yeah, the Broncos are in some serious trouble. Sanders is out. Benny Fowler didn't do anything. Semyon broke his nose, they think. Uh, that team is banged up and not good. Charles and C.J. Anderson can't run the ball. And without a run game, this team is hopeless. Uh, they can't rely on their defense every single week. And Trevor Simeon is not the answer. I don't know what John Elway's man crush is with this guy. He is crap. He's absolute crap. And he needs to go give Paxton Lynch a shot here because with Trevor Simeon, this team is just not going to go anywhere. The AFC West has now started to really, really band together and close up. Both of the conferences right now, the AFC and the NFC, look like they're wide open. The Patriots don't look like the Patriots that we used to see and we're used to seeing. Uh, Nobody nobody in the AFC South is that good. 
the AFC West, the Chiefs, okay, but they've lost two straight games. We talked about it, two games in four days. Um, it's wide open. The Chargers, the Raiders, that have started really bad in the AFC West, they are now at three and four. They're right there with the chance to actually make some noise and get a wild card spot. So it's going to be very interesting, and that's going to be a lot of the fun that we have watching the NFL. Well, I'm not buying board. the Chargers that much. I don't know if you guys uh, are. I still am. Listen, that. like I said, no way. they had three games this year that they should have won and lost. They Listen, you're not going to win all of them. We saw it with the Giants two years ago. They lost all those games in the last minute. That was the Chargers at the beginning of the season. If they didn't have Young Hoku, Sim Kim Yin, whatever this guy was, missing every kick, maybe they have five wins already. Philip Rivers is a terrible team. He's a, he's a stats guy. He's but he's, not a, he's a regular season winner. He's yeah. the guy that if he went 15-1, and one, I would say he's going to lose in the first round every single time. I agree with you. So I don't think that they're not going anywhere. He's had some bad breaks in the past in the postseason. He got hurt. Tomlinson yeah. hurt, I feel like, every year with them when they were in the big games. Uh, Melvin Gordon is that, very underrated. That he's window, done such a yeah, good job this That year. window is passed, though, for the Chargers. Well, we'll see as we go forward. I still think they're a better team than the Broncos. But, um, it might uh, be, honestly. Yeah you, yeah, you might be right on that. Absolutely. We'll see. Um, that's why we watch the game. So, uh, still more than half the season to go. Um, guys, the Giants won't lose next week. They can't. They can't. They're on they a bye. They can't be done. Um, good first half for the Giants yesterday. Their defense looked awesome again. Look, their second straight week, like the, do- the defense – um, so the defense looked awesome, like they were really putting it together after their win against the Broncos. Another goal line stand yesterday where they had to stop them like seven times because they kept getting stupid penalties uh, by the referees because it wasn't the Giants' fault. Uh, second half, though, Alger Rosas misses a field goal. Eli Manning fumbles. Bad field position. All of a sudden, a flea flicker. Uh, guys, is that an interception or is that a touchdown? I thought it was an interception. And I'm not being biased there because I actually bet the Seahawks. I thought it was a uh, – I thought it was an interception. I thought it I was, thought it was a touchdown. I thought it was an interception. I can't see how it was a touchdown. When you saw it in the middle of the air, he bobbled the ball, and then Landon Collins comes down with control. It was on his chest. Once he bobbles it midair, you start over. He got the uh, – was it Richardson? Yep. Had the ball up in the air. Looked like his ball, but he bobbled it. Now it's a completely – He had possession at least longer. The bobble definitely throws it up. But uh, once again, it doesn't matter. the NFL, you never know what a freaking catch is anymore. Yep, it no doesn't. Idea. But the Seahawks, they were very unimpressive in beating the Giants. That's what I take away uh, – Take out of this game, guys. Three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, over and over again for the Giants offense in this game. Evan Ingram's a star uh, in the making if he isn't one already. I was more concerned with Eli. Listen, I know you're playing, uh, you know, one of the best defenses, but 19 for 39, only 134 yards. Uh, I know he's all new receivers, and Ingram's the best, uh, you know, pass-catching guy there, but I'm still concerned about Eli Manning. There was absolutely nobody open for him to throw the ball to. Nobody. Travis Rudolph. Roger Lewis, who now has two catches since he's been anointed the new Giants number one. Tavares King, one catch, one yard. And don't guys, forget Wayne Graham. Guys weren't open. <laughs> they just weren't open. Uh, how about Jimmy Graham with that catch, the 50 harder? They could really him right blew, in the bread they basket. Blew him out of Jimmy you, know, really football. Yeah. you know how many fantasy owners or are going to lose this week? Baldwin. Baldwin was wide open and he, he overthrew him. That's a walk. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know how many fantasy owners, guys, guys yeah. are going to lose this week because Jimmy Graham dropped at least a 50 yard catch that would have been a touchdown? Yeah. And that's a huge. That, or or uh, one of the end zone, too, he dropped with, um, with Eli Apple on. Yeah. Eli Apple was crawling between his legs yeah. like he was licking them. But uh, anyway, Giants moved to 1 and 6. Luckily, they're on a bye. We can get a week for ourselves, and we don't have to talk about the Giants. That'll be nice. We don't have to talk about them, because don't forget, guys, we'll be live again Saturday morning, previewing week eight of the NFL, the halfway point for some teams already, the quickest season in the quickest eight weeks or 16 weeks in football of the NFL season. Um, week eight, Saturday morning, 1030. Vinny will have his college picks for you. Uh, we'll talk fantasy. Mike will have even more pickups, and we'll talk about the uh, World Series, because the World Series will be in full swing by then. Uh, but that's this Saturday morning. Um, 7.53 over the top sports radio Another show that has just flown by um, We've now covered all the NFL uh, Any last takes, any waiver wire pickups Mike, We didn't talk Tom Brady this week? We did not talk about we that, did not uh, talk the that huge you know what? offensive game That was going to happen <laughs> You know right what, there. you're right I, 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 over, I, down, blah, blah, blah no New England's defense stunk And they're not as good as they used to be Seven points for the Atlanta Falcons. That's Falcons. right. I, I stopped at the 4 points. o'clock games. I forgot to look at the ten, uh, the uh, 8 o'clock NBC games. So you guys are right. Uh, Tom Brady, you guys were a little bit wore at it. But in the end, the Falcons looked terrible. And the Patriots' defense started to uh, really show that, hey, we're not going to sit here and be shit on all or, you know, dumped on all year by fans. I, uh, I tweeted yesterday, I was concerned when New England was giving three and they were plus 105. Uh, that bothered me. I sent Vinny a message. He said that uh, it was a little concerning also, but 
listen, it's Tom Brady. They honored his mom last night for breast cancer. Uh, his wife was there. Had I known these things, I would have bet the house on Tom Brady. He would never lose in front of his mom. He would never lose in front of his wife. He's just not that type of guy. The offense to me looked awesome again. Chris Hogan, Cooks, Gronk, uh, James White. You knew White was going to go against Atlanta and, and get his. Um, more concerning if you're a Falcons fan. The Falcons look horrible, absolutely horrible, except for uh, Julio taking the one ball away from the defender. I'd be very concerned if I was a Falcons fan. Yeah, they were getting shut out to the fourth quarter. That touchdown didn't even happen until late in the fourth yep. quarter. They were just they just terrible. The Falcons maybe aren't as good as they are. This is a game they circled on their schedule. This is their revenge <laughs> game. That's what they come in there and they do. They just get shut out to the fourth quarter. Pathetic performance by the Falcons, especially after what happened with the way they lost to Miami. Who knows what's going on with these Atlanta Falcons? And we've teams. talked about it but all. New England's defense, they look pretty damn good for a team that really hasn't been looking and good. And Gilmore wasn't even playing. Yeah, and we talked about it all year. The Falcons should have lost in week one. They could have four losses right now, four or five losses. They just haven't looked good. Um, they should not have changed the offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I know that uh, he went and took the job out. Uh, where did he take the San job? Fran. San Francisco. He's now 0-7. I bet you both parties wish that they could go yeah. back on that because why would you want to be the San Francisco head coach with that roster? And the Falcons would love to have him back. Anytime um, you're a coordinator, you get a head coach job. You take no, of course you, you do. Of course you do. I, I don't blame him, but they're 0-7 right now. And the Although Falcons I will say, use Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels left New England. He left Bill, went to Denver, and came right back. I could not see him or Patricia taking a head coaching job. I just couldn't. Well, so that now is finally the week that was in week seven of the NFL. Um, do you have anybody, uh, anybody pick up? Any bets you got for the coming week, guys? Uh, we're going to post those on Twitter. We'll take a look. I'll get them up tonight on, uh, on pickups. I know a lot of buys are coming up. Somebody you can get um, before the game starts, actually, is uh, Galladay, the wide receiver on Detroit. Waivers hasn't hit yet for him. Bye week's coming up. Tate is out, so he can definitely see some looks coming up, and they have Pittsburgh, I believe. And Vinny College football yesterday. Any takes out of that? I got, uh, I got two bets coming for you for tonight and tomorrow. Very simple. Clayton Kershaw tomorrow. You take that guy whenever you can take him, and you get the postseason discount and a home discount for him. He's only minus 165 at home. All regular season, you never get Clayton Kershaw at that. So take advantage of that. Enjoy it. And tonight, I'm rolling with the San Antonio Spurs, minus two and a half against Toronto Raptors. I think the Spurs get their uh, get everything straight tonight, and they have a nice home game. Over NFC there. matchup, NFC East matchup, Redskins and Eagles. Philadelphia at home giving five. Where do you guys stand on this game? I'm Eagles winning the points. I'm taking the points. I'm going with the Redskins tonight. I'm going with Mike. I think this is the Eagles uh, game. I think this is the Eagles season in the NFC East. We talked about Carson Wentz. We all love him. We all think he could be an MVP candidate. Uh, I don't think that the Redskins are very good. On the road, uh, home team Home team on Monday night, I'm big, especially when you're 5-1. and one. I don't think that they're going to look past the Redskins. I think that if this wasn't a division rival, I think that I could see Philly maybe having a letdown game. But you're playing the hated Washington Redskins. They're going to come out. Uh, for broke and they're going to have a good game so I think that they're going to win this game maybe like 27 14 27 17 type and I move to six and one in the NFC East and keep the pressure on the Cowboys who are three and three and now really playing catch up for the second half of the year maybe without Ezekiel Elliott so that should be exciting um, NBA under full swing guys uh, not much to say about the local teams the Nets with two wins good for them two wins already the Knicks are uh, getting smoked at home by Tobias Harris and the Detroit Pistons they blew a big lead in that game I think we're going to see a lot of that from the Knicks this year yeah, and uh, I'd be calling the Suns and trying to get Bledsoe in any way possible. It's I heard a rumor the Suns called us. Oh, really? Would you like to know what the trade was? Go ahead. Your boy, Hernan Gomez. Sure. And French Frank. Done. See ya. And they said no. Apparently, the Knicks said no to this oh, trade. It's a bad job. <laughs> French what Frank are they stuff. thinking? French Frank is dog oh. shit. <laughs> this guy is terrible. They're not even playing Hernan Gomez. Uh, and they, yeah, they're not even using this guy. And they should have absolutely done this trade. They would have had Great him for contract until 2019, then let him walk for his big payday that everyone's getting the NBA. They, there's no reason they should not do that trade. I don't know how true that source of a trade is, but if that is a real trade. And they said no. Absolute pathetic move. NHL, Rangers got in the win column Saturday. Uh, I thought you'd be uh... – I tried to catch you before they were down 2 nothing. the Sharks today, seeing if there was going to be the beginning of something. Um, thoughts on the Rangers real quick. So Anything I don't know changed? the stats, and I know Vinny's not a uh, doesn't like the gimmicks as far as betting goes, but uh, first 10 minutes, a goal, uh, the Rangers, I mean, is almost automatic money lately. It just seems within the first five minutes, they're giving up a goal of every game. So I would look into that. Yeah, uh, they can never score first, it seems. All right, final thoughts, guys. Vinny, uh, start with you. Uh, less than a minute to go. All right, I'm going to go right with the Rangers. I think they should have traded Henrik Lundqvist, and I think his time has been passed. Well, I shouldn't say been passed, but it's about passing right now. They had Cam Talbot they could have went with. They had Ronson they could have went with, and they could have got severe picks and a great trade value for the guy, and now here he is just stinking up this year. 
you wasted 30 seconds on that. <laughs> My 30 seconds. Derek Jeter was overrated. How do you like that, <laughs> me? All right. You just made the list. Derek Jeter was overrated. <laughs> 20 seconds left. We're going to save Mike's final thoughts of no, mine real it. quick. Jesus oh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, that was my 30. All right, we're not saving anything then. Uh, don't forget, tune in to our show uh, Saturday morning, 10.30 on Blog Talk Radio. We'll also be on Facebook Live as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Uh, WWE Pay-Per-View wasn't bad last night. That's my final thoughts. Go Islanders tomorrow night. Thumbs down, everybody. Good night, everybody. Because they're out. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.